So welcome to Music Ally today with me, Joe Sparrow, Music Ally writer, general uh, layabout, and uh, Stuart Dredge, Music Ally's editor and one-man music biz analysis machine, it says here, Stuart. Uh, welcome, as always. <laughs> there's, there's other people, it's not just me. Not just yes. me. Well, it's, well, you're the only one here today. Uh, now, we're going to be, uh, as ever, taking one of the key stories from Music Ally's uh, daily music industry analytical newsletter, as written by Stu, and uh, talk about it. And uh, Stu, what is happening then with uh, Taylor Swift? Uh, released a new album, uh, co-written with uh, Aaron Dessner in part of The National, at a move, I think, which is designed specifically to get uh, an 8.0 rating on Pitchfork, uh, and Julie <laughs> got that. Um, but of course, any Taylor Swift album release is a, is a bit of a landmark, but what, what is special about this and what's happening with it in, in the time it's been released? Yeah, so she surprised dropped it uh, on uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, which is, I always, I still think of this, the correct verb for this is to Beyonce an album out. I think that's the correct so that's nomenclature. Yeah, we can go with that. So we've reported it on Friday morning, a few hours after it came out. And obviously everyone who, every, every Swifty in the world ran to buy it, download it, stream it, and were busy kind of filling the internet up with analysis of what the lyrics mean. Um, all the newspaper websites and music websites were rushing to post their review after like one and a half hearings. Um, and we were kind of, I was there in the morning and we were looking at the D2C side of it first. So in, in, here in the West, the fact that it's, it's available to stream. So she's obviously well under the bridge of, of making up with the streaming services. So you can, you can stream it everywhere. Um, but yeah, there, there are eight different deluxe editions of the album. Yeah, I'm not accusing her of being cynical, but I mean, is this, is this a move that's engineered purely to maximize income? Because she is one of the big, because she is the biggest artist in the world, perhaps, or one of them, she has this fan base that she knows is definitely going to engage in, in multiple ways, in multiple levels. And they, they are doing this, right? Because the income has been enormous. I think so. Because, I mean, if you're, if you, I mean, it's, it's a lot of like, it's $13 per CD. So, you know, if you want to buy all eight, it's a lot of money. So I think if you're a collector, then you'll jump at this. Because all these albums, they, they're not just like the same album with a different cover. There's different stuff inside. I think she's made made an effort um if you're a fan there's that thing of like which one are you which album cover are you which mm. which edition are you and that's kind of fun i think like yeah. they're not making a fans buy all late it's not like um for example last album campaign was one before that she kind of got a little bit of criticism for having a kind of reward scheme almost in that the more you bought the more likely you had you got points and tickets and that's not this you're not being forced to buy all eight or even more than that. um so it's kind of a choice like which version of the album is your favorite and i think when you've got a fervent fan base they'll have great great fun deciding which one's the best which kind of how is that working in different parts of the world and what's how is it sort of panning out for example in, in netties your background there so yeah so i mean so globally the album did really well so i think it sold 1.3 million copies uh, in its first 24 hours it did more than 115 million odd streams across spotify and apple music so globally, it was a big hit. But yeah, so NetEase is um, one of the streaming companies in China. So it's not Tencent Music, which has three services there. NetEase is the other big streaming service in China, has hundreds of millions of registered pieces. And yeah, what they did was they had the album. Um, you can't actually stream it if you're a free NetEase customer or if you're a subscriber. You have to actually pay extra. It's one it's, They call it digital albums. It's kind of a very generic term, but there it's specific meaning of this album, you have to pay extra to access it through our streaming service. And then you can download it or you can stream it. So I think you're paying around, it's around um, $3.55 uh, in China, obviously in Chinese currency, um, to, to get the album. 
or you can buy the track. So it's kind of this a la carte download model on top of a streaming service. We've spoken a lot about uh, Chinese uh, streaming platforms offering this, this kind of variety of services, variety of ways of paying. Um, I spoke to uh, David Lowry uh, recently, and he was saying his suggestion for a way to generate more money for artists and songwriters is that there was some sort of windowing uh, where if you're a subscriber to um, a, a DSP, you, you can't access certain releases until you either pay more to access that tier or it's an add-on. Do you think that this is something which could transfer to Western streaming services? It's tricky, I think, because in China, this is part of the landscape. Like from the development of these services, this has been there pretty much all along. So people there know that if there's a big album, it will be a digital album that you have to pay extra for, and that's kind of accepted. And at mm. some point it will go onto the regular service later. So it's much harder, I think, to introduce windowing, especially of this kind where you're having to pay extra in the West. Like imagine if Spotify said, actually, you can't play the Taylor Swift album unless you pay an extra three quid this month. It would be a difficult sell, I think. M yeah. More difficult in a way than saying, if you want the CD with special artwork, spend $13, because that's a physical, tangible thing. And in a way, in the West, the other thing part of this D2C strategy was there were all kinds of merch. So I think on the first day, there was um, a mug and a keychain and a lithograph and a cap. And you could buy those from her store and each of them came with an album download. And now there's like hair ties and phone stands. Like every few days, they're refreshing these different products. So in a way here, you'll buy to have a physical thing and then you'll get the album done as part of that. But the idea of pay Spotify extra money, otherwise you can't listen to the album on there, that, that would be a bit more difficult, I think. What do you difficult. think? Difficult. Yeah, well, I wonder, I wonder if maybe there's a chance that the, the, once the, um, the overall market changes a bit in, in the West, for instance, if, if Spotify said, you have to pay three euros or dollars or whatever to access the Taylor Swift album this month, but you get a free Taylor Swift Fortnite skin, then that is, might be an incentive Ooh that would work, right? Or something. Imagine. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden you're sort of combining, uh, you, you're living the dream of combining income streams and platforms and mm. media and engaging her fan base across multiple uh, platforms. Yeah, and, because we and don't groups. really ascribe a value to digital access. I think that's the thing in China, there's a value to digital access. Like you can access yeah. the album, but you've paid for it. Whereas here we value ownership of things still, I think like we value vinyl, we value CDs even. Mm. China was a place where people will pay for music and Western music, particularly in this case, is a really interesting one for the industry, I think. It's, uh, it kind of pushes back at some of those stereotypes we have about uh, China as a music market. Yeah, fascinating to see how this one works out because obviously Taylor Swift probably has more leverage than pretty much anybody in terms of fan base. And I'm sure if she could replicate any of those behaviors from China in, in Western streaming markets, it, it, it could be her uh, first. So it'd be interesting to see what she does. Uh, well, thanks for that, Stu. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, we encourage you out there to go and listen to her album and, and uh, think for yourselves about how you'd like to I've be manipulated it, by. Actually. I've been playing it all day while thinking about this. Right. I like it. Like, I don't Is it the most experimental well. record? I, I mean, I, I guess it's not metal machine music, but... Uh... <laughs> no, do you know what? It's, it's, it, it feels super, not supernatural in ghosty way. It feels really natural and relaxed and organic and chilled. Like it's really, um, it's a really nice album to have on while you're working. Like it's, um, I think a lot of, it's weird because I think Taylor Swift is, there's a whole, there's a whole Taylor Swiftness around her 
where people who are super fans are really keen and people who maybe out casually are going, maybe don't lean in so much. But I think it's a good, yeah, it's a good lockdown bomb, I think, if people are feeling stressed. Lockdown bomb. Uh, and on that note, uh, thank you, Stu. If you found that useful and want more of Stu's uh, in-depth news, trusted analysis, uh, etc., waiting for you in your inbox every morning, as well as access to all of Music Ally's industry-leading fortnightly sandbox reports, head on over to musically.com forward slash subscribe. Uh, indie labels, artist managers, and publishers may be eligible for one of our sponsored complimentary subscriptions. So go check it out. That's musically.com forward slash subscribe. Uh, so sign up, read the analysis, and uh, as always, impress your boss. Now that's it. Uh, follow uh, Music Ally on your social media platform of choice to make sure you're up to date with the cutting edge music industry news analysis in the time it takes to listen to a couple of the tracks of Taylor Swift's new album. Thank you, Stu, uh, as always, for joining us.